The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex on RadioNWTN.com and all across our Facebook Live page network, presented by Sports 731. Uh, our pages include the Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, the WENKWTPR Facebook page, the Union City Sports on Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, and of course the homepage of Sports 731, that Facebook page as well. This week the WENK playback will be on Wednesday as it is the final show of 2023. Uh, no guests this week, just myself and Jordan going to tie up a few loose ends. We'll take a couple of weeks off. We'll be back on January 9th to recap the college football playoff, and as well as the national uh, championship game will have been played. And, and Jordan, I, I think we'll have a playoff uh, bracket set up by then as well uh, for the NFL. Is that is it going to be? Yeah, the last, the last, the last, yeah, the last weekend of the NFL is that the uh, first weekend in January. They're the seventh, I think, sixth and seventh. So we should know the matchups, and uh, man, we'll know a will we know a national champion? I guess yeah, we will. National championship yeah, so. January eighth. Yeah. Man, we uh we got a lot that's gonna happen between now and the next show for sure. Yes, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. We get ready for all that. Uh, a lot of football, like Jordan said, a lot of things are fixing to happen in the next uh, two weeks or so uh, between the, between now and the next time uh, we talk to you. So again, final show of 2023, and uh, we're thrilled to have you alongside us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John underscore MT18. You can follow Jordan at JT underscore 1823. You can tweet the Froggy handle at NWTN underscore Froggy. You can tweet the Sports 731 network at, at Sports 731 net. You can text us on the text line at 731-885-9999. As we start with some headlines, uh, locally, Michael Odom's new edition of the West Tennessee High School basketball rankings are out in boys the top five look like this, Fayette Ware, Dyer County, Munford, Haywood, and Union City. On the girls' side, Dyersburg, Gibson County, Westview, Dyer County, and Crockett County. Uh, Jordan, obviously, we've seen several of these teams already. What stuck out to you so far is uh, you're starting to get more into basketball season down in Jackson as well. Yeah, I just think uh, one thing Alex and I have been talking about is the, is the balance of teams across West Tennessee. It seems there's been more balance so far. Of course, it's still early in the season. Um, you don't know which teams might pull away and, um, you know, things like that. But maybe been some games out there that would be considered upsets. Uh, and I think that that's good for basketball. I think it's that's good for high school basketball in West Tennessee, uh, having multiple teams that are competitive. So really excited, especially on the boys' side. Uh, really excited to see how, how things shape up down the stretch. There's some um, there's some really good basketball being played here in Northwest Tennessee as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um- Obviously, we've talked about it before. The girls' programs up in this area are just absolutely tremendous. You've got Gibson County, who I think is still undefeated on the season. Westview, of course, took one loss to uh, South Gibson a couple of weeks ago. Dyer County's undefeated. Crockett County's having a really good year. But the team I keep hearing about, Jordan, over and over again in girls' basketball in West Tennessee is Dyersburg. I mean, I've heard, you know, they got one girl who's got an offer from UTM already, one girl that's already signed with Cincinnati. And their leading score is a freshman. So, I mean, they just – I don't know where they came from, but that team sounds loaded. Out of the woodworks, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They've always had some athletes there, but um, obviously this year it seems like it's going to be a little different for Dyersburg. Yeah. 
Um, just ultra, ultra good basketball team. Uh, over the weekend, Union City's Malachi Brooks, just an unbelievable performance from him on Saturday night as he ties Antoine Kobe, the current assistant on uh, Coach Shane Sisko's staff. That was his record for 47 points in a game. Uh, he, Brooks tied that on uh, Saturday night in the loss to Dyer County. And, I mean, Jordan, there was a time there, you know, Union City's down 16, 17 points. They start trading threes for twos with with Dyer County, keep whittling away that lead. And it just – I mean, there was a, a, a segment of time there where I'm thinking, is he single-handedly going to bring them all the way back? Is that, as, is that really what's fixing to happen? Obviously ran out of gas a little bit down the stretch, couldn't make it happen. But, I mean – 47 points for a high school player at a basketball game, and now his average is 28 points a night. That is just unbelievable. It's unreal what he's doing, and uh, I noticed after the the game the other night, he's starting to get some love statewide as well, some other reporters out of other areas tweeting about him, and um, even I saw somebody tweet, Mr. Basketball, question mark. So we'll see if maybe he can be in the mix uh, for that down the stretch. But, man, what he's what he's been able to do for Union City is is really incredible so far this season. Yeah, I mean, that's something Coach Cisco tells me every time we talk about him. He says, there's no reason this guy can't be in the Mr. Basketball mix. He he has to be discussed about it. And, I mean, I think, like you said, some some statewide eyes are, are beginning to open oh, up yeah. about it. Uh, in Tennessee, uh, sports action this week. Tennessee basketball now up to number eight in the poll after beating NC State on Saturday night in San Antonio. Uh, several moves in the portal so far from uh, Tennessee – Several former Vols are on the way, two to Ole Miss and uh, one to Arkansas. Mary McDonald and Tyler Barron are headed to join Lane Kiffin in Oxford, and Nico Slaughter is headed to Arkansas. While Tennessee also landed commits in the portal from Notre Dame tight end Holden States and MTSU safety Jacoby Thomas, uh, who will head over from Murfreesboro to East Tennessee. Jordan, what sticks out to you from uh, this action in the portal this week? Uh, of course, getting the number one tight end is is um, really good for Tennessee and a guy that fits the scheme extremely well, made some explosive plays for Notre Dame. Uh, you know, get, Getting him is going to be big for, for UT. Losing uh, McDonald, losing Barron, obviously a lot of folks uh, had a lot to say about that. Uh, I think, um, you know, the tough losses, the names, guys that have been there and have played, but, um, you know, Barron really fell off throughout the season. Uh, it started a little hot and then just kind of, Went cold there on the rushing the passer on the edge. So um, we're just in that. We're at, like 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 I said last week. Like we've said every week, we've talked about the NL. We're just at that point now where um, where guys are going to leave for for more money or you know better opportunities to to better themselves. And uh, we're going to see a lot of this in college football. I don't think it was any hard feelings towards Tennessee based off what both of those two guys said. Uh, just an opportunity to to better themselves at Ole Miss. Well, and. I mean, I tell you one thing. It definitely seems like Lane Kiffin's putting together a heck of a class in the portal. He has been he is. very, They've very active. Nice yeah. Uh, yeah, they're going to be interesting uh, to watch. John Morant is set to return tomorrow night for the Memphis Grizzlies, who sit six and eighteen. And uh, as a Grizzlies fan, I haven't been able to really watch any of them, Jordan, just because again, Bali Sports and all that. It's not on any of the streaming uh, places you can watch, but. Uh, from what I gather, it's been a brutal season. I mean, you lose Steven Adams before the beginning the season even starts. They haven't had Brandon Clark all year. Uh, they've had some other injuries up and down the lineup. And obviously, I don't think Jaw's going to be the, the one one fixed thing. And you hope he's fixed himself. But uh, uh, it's been it's been tough uh, so far to start the year in Memphis. It has. The Grizzlies have uh, underachieved, I would say. Um, but one thing about the Grizzlies, man, it's 
especially the last few seasons, is they have the injuries have just piled up and, and really hurt them. Um, and not having Stephen Adams, um, you know, that's a that's a big factor for, for Memphis. I mean, he's a he, you know he's a force inside. He's a really good defender um, and really good rebounder too, especially on the offensive glass. So I think that they're showing that, and you know, the fact that they don't have him has been a, a big factor for them. But man, they. They've been pretty bad so far this season, um, and I think they'll improve, get job back, and, and down the stretch of the season, I think they'll get better. Yeah, I think they're going to get Marcus Smart back in the next couple of days, too. He's been out. So, I mean, there's another – you know, he was your big off-season acquisition, and he yeah. hadn't been able to play. Um, and so, you just you, – you haven't really seen what this team can do at full strength. And so – and you really won't without Steven Adams there this year. So, uh, you know, tough sledding right now. Uh, in NFL news, uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes both walking away with big fines after spending a week uh, criticizing officials after last week's offsides controversy. Uh, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are set to apparently part ways after this season. Gerard Mayo is thought to be the favorite to take over, but uh, some people are throwing out the idea of a trade for Mike Vrabel, similar to what the Saints and Broncos pulled off for uh, Sean Payton this past offseason, and Justin Herbert, uh, the latest of in a long line of injuries this year. He is out for the season after undergoing uh, finger surgery after fracturing a finger on his throwing hand. He's done for the year. So, Jordan, anything stick out to you there? Well, I was uh, as far as the Brable stuff goes, I, I was saying a little bit of that, um, and, and Titans Titans owner came out and said that would absolutely not be happening. Uh, that she was completely happy with with Brable and what he's been able to do um, with the organization. And look, this year has been tough, and I, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about him and and obviously whether or not he should be the guy for the future. But I mean, the Titans have so many missing pieces; it's unbelievable. And a lot of that is just the way they've spent their money. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the way they've drafted because they've drafted decent, you know, not always in the first round, but they've had some decent drafts late. Um, but, man, they've, they've got to just completely rebuild this thing from top to bottom. It starts on the offensive line, and I don't think that that's necessarily all of Rabel's fault. And I don't see him moving on to, to New England. Now, on that same topic, John, and you'll like this one, you'll like this little rumor, I, a couple – couple of Titans fans I know that are very heavily into Titans Twitter and, and keep up with the organization um, have been blogging, I guess would be the word, on their sites that could be a possibility that Belichick comes to Tennessee to oh. be Vrabel's defensive coordinator next year. So, you mean he would hire someone from outside the organization? Exactly, which would shock me a little bit. So how weird would it be to see Vrabel and Belichick on the sideline together? I'll leave you with well, that thought. Th- well, and, and the thought of – the former player, the former assistant, yeah. uh, now giving orders to his old boss, basically. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Play for him. So, yeah. I definitely. just thought that was odd because those are, and the guys that I'm talking about referring to, those are guys that are, you know, obviously talk all things Titans and they rumor a lot of things, but that would definitely be, that would definitely be an interesting thing if it happened. It would be. Uh, in the NBA, Draymond Green back in the headlines for another uh, incident of uh, throwing a punch or being alt- involved in an altercation. This time, the victim is Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, you he sound was like you're surprised. What's that? You sound surprised. I- I'm just stunned <laughs> that Draymond Green would be involved in yet another altercation. It's not like he's done this like 20 times before. 
Uh, but he was suspended indefinitely by the NBA and the Warriors. Uh, the, the release said repeat history played a role. Green is going to have to meet certain league and team conditions before he can return, which includes counseling. So um, that'll be interesting to watch unfold. Giannis uh, scored a career-high 64 points last week. There was this heated controversy over wanting the game ball as the Pacers claimed they took it for Oscar Shibwe, who scored his first pa- uh, points of the game or points of his career. Yeah. I was having a hard time trying to unpack all this. I was just like, why has this become such a – I mean, and I get it. Giannis wants the ball for a big game, but I'm just like, why are we not just going to give him the ball? Like, why does this have to be a fight? Like, what what are yeah. – I mean, what did you make of all this? Yeah, I, I really didn't know what was going on. I saw several of the Twitter videos of uh, him running to the locker room trying to fight through people, and I was just lost. I was like, I, I don't get why this has turned into such a big deal. When do you think Draymond Green comes back? Let's go there. How long? I mean, I think it should be done for the year. You think I mean, so? Yeah, he just needs he needs something that shows him, okay, I can't do this. I mean, and, and finally his teammates and coach are saying he's got an issue. I mean, I was proud of Steve Kerr for saying that. I mean, that, that goes a long way with me, the fact that you can say, you know, because they've been defending him for so long, you know, that he plays hard. He's a physical player. His – it's a basketball play, and he didn't mean to do it. That was obvious the other day. I mean, that was yeah. a, a, a full-fledged punch straight to the face, pretty much. So he needs to sit down and, and have to really go go through it and realize that he's making some major mistakes, man. He's he's dirty, for sure. I, I would be shocked if we saw him again before the All-Star break, minimum. Yeah. I, yeah. I, would, be, I, I would be surprised. Um, but who knows? We've seen crazier things happen. Uh, we talked about last week Shohei Otani getting – an enormous contract from the Los Angeles Dodgers, which would pay him $70 million annually. Uh, well, turns out Shohei Otani is going to play a little uh, roster building of his own. He's deferring $68 million of his $70 million annual salary over the course of that 10-year deal, which will allow the Dodgers to continue to uh, print money. I mean, uh, spend money. Um, deferred money, that's going to be paid without interest from 2020 or from 2034 to 2043. So I guess... Uh, for that decade, much like we celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day, we will be yes. celebrating Shohei Otani Day uh, throughout the uh, 2030s and 2040s, Jordan. That is correct. That's exactly what he's doing. I think he just knows that that's some of that money he's going to want, you know, later. Um, and this, like I said, it gives the opportunity for the Dodgers to to be able to pay a little bit more uh, and get competitive. And man, it's um, this contract's insane. Every time I see it on paper, it just blows my mind that, yes. that people do this. Like I, I just. I know he's a good player. He's a freak of an athlete. I think he's once in a – I don't even know if generational talent is the right word, but, I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. I just I can't, I just can't put my mind around paying somebody that much to play baseball. It just blows my mind. Yeah, uh, it's quite a uh, sum of money. You, you, could put it up, you could put it on here every week for ten weeks, and I would still be mind-blown. <laughs> <laughs> every time I read it, I'm like, this is nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just the fact that he can he can casually defer sixty eight million, and, and I mean, he he you know, yeah. I mean, he, he I mean, just it's it's wild. Um, yeah. Apparently, six and six was good enough to get Greg Schiano another extension at Rutgers through twenty thirty, <laughs> and uh, Bronny James made his USC debut over the weekend after cardiac arrest in the off season. So that was kind of a feel good uh, story there. But uh, you're laughing. Did you not think Greg Schiano deserved the bag? I honestly didn't even know what Greg Shannon was up to these days. 
So I'm I'm glad you told me he was at Rutgers and he's still doing well at six and six. So mediocre, as we all knew he was. Yep. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into some college football news from the weekend. Bowl season started on Saturday. We've actually got one in progress right now. Back with more in a moment on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City has the pre-owned car, truck, or SUV you are looking for. Make shopping for your next vehicle easy and browse our up-to-date inventory at jerrywardautoplex.com. Get pre-qualified today at jerrywardautoplex.com. Schedule a service appointment with our AC Delco Professional Service Center at jerrywardautoplex.com. Shop, click, and save at jerrywardautoplex.com. Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex on Radio NWTN.com. Bowl season got started, and uh, it was – I mean, Jordan, i got to say, we really only had one pretty decent game uh, over the weekend. But uh, we've actually got a really good one going on right now that uh, did not look like it was going to be a good game. I'm trying to get it kind of pulled up on my phone over here so I can kind of keep an eye on it. Western Kentucky – Started off the game down 28 to nothing. 28 to nothing. They they just went and just, I don't know, fell on their face to start the game. They have cut that lead to 35-28 with just under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter now uh, in the famous Toastery Bowl, um, which I know is riveting uh, for all of us, watching Old Dominion in Western Kentucky. But I guess if it's going to be a wild, entertaining comeback, um, there is that, I guess, some reason to watch the uh, famous Toastery Bowl. Um, go ahead, Jordan. What were you going to say? <laughs> now, I was going to say that's that's pretty wild, being down twenty eight nothing and being able to come back and make it a game. Yeah, I mean they got a chance. Ten minutes left, you get the ball back and tie this thing up, and who knows? Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of the first game here, the, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which Ohio defeats Georgia Southern forty one twenty one. Georgia Southern turned it over five times, and there were a couple different times they kept trying to get back into it. Um, they just couldn't stay out of their own way. Excuse me, Jacksonville State, they win their first ever bowl game 34-31 in an overtime thriller. They win over Louisiana in the New Orleans Bowl. Appalachian State holds off Miami of Ohio 13-9 in a rainy cure bowl. Fresno State, all over New Mexico State 37-10 in the New Mexico Bowl. UCLA, 21 third quarter points. They beat Boise State 35-22. And Texas Tech beats Cal 34-14 in the Independence Bowl. Any of these stick out to you? Did you watch anything over the weekend? I watched a little bit of the Jacksonville State-Louisiana uh, game just because it was kind of crazy towards the end. Um, and my brother here, Mason, who was our guest last week, is asking his record of, on his picks. He was 5-5 five and five wow. last week. I mean, right we got down the middle. 500. I mean, we got to do a little bit better than that. Um, I mean, especially you're supposed to be a football guru, you know what I mean? But, oh! Uh, you know, it's he can't talk today, so I'm able to say that. No, uh, there was there wasn't a whole lot of excitement. But when you look at these teams, I don't think there's a lot of teams. You're a lot of times you're going to go, man, these teams are. This is going to be fun. Let's let's turn this on to watch this. But I did enjoy Jacksonville State and Louisiana and John. That overtime game right there saved you your pick'em win because if Louisiana wins that game, you lose the pick'em. So you're very very lucky there, my friend. Well, and thank you to the Ravens and thank you to the Jags for not scoring more than thirty points. Uh, or, or whatever, uh, you know, we had to go to the tiebreaker last night. Man, that's um, the first time ever we've had a tiebreaker in, in, in our pick'em, the Tri-State Sports 
program pick them, weekly pick them. So hey man, that was a fun I know I had to make it interesting, a little dramatic at the end. We he had like a six-game lead three weeks ago. I mean, it's, I know. it I know. comes down to the last week. <laughs> got a little complacent, I think. But, uh, hey, we got a chance now. We're, we got it done. It's over. Win's a win. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Take my belt into next year. Uh, <laughs> the transfer portal continues to light up uh, as uh, this has kind of been a season through, uh, you know, a, a theme through these bowl games because you can't hardly ever tell who's going to play because so many players are in the portal. Some are opting out to go to the draft. You just don't. You just don't ever know. But some commits from the last week. Uh, Riley Leonard officially committing to Notre Dame. Four-star Ohio State running back Chip Tra- uh, Trainum, I guess is how you say it. He's headed to Kentucky. Oklahoma gets a four-star wide receiver out of Purdue, Deion Burks. Two former Georgia players are headed to, to Syracuse. Miami's Tyler Van Dyke is going to Wisconsin. Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall is headed to NC State. Former UT Martin running back Sam Franklin is off to Oklahoma. I'm just getting an alert actually on my phone. Top recruit Dylan Riola in this year's class after taking that visit to Nebraska is flipping from Georgia to Nebraska. So uh, a big get for uh, Matt Rule and company. Wow. He must kind of include that in this. What's that? He must have had uh, something, something good to eat this morning, flipping to Nebraska from Georgia. I don't know. He's flipped like three or four times. I think he was committed to Ohio <laughs> State at one point, and then he flipped to Georgia, and now he's flipping to Nebraska. Um, I guess he can't ever figure out what he wants to do. Uh, Mississippi State's Will Rogers heads to Washington. Ja'Cory Brooks leaves Bama for Louisville. Ohio State's Kyle McCord is going to Syracuse, and Juice Wells from South Carolina on his way to Ole Miss. So any of these stick out to you, Jordan, and even if you want to talk more about the Riola thing, uh, feel free to jump in. Yeah, I mean, big congrats to UT Martin's running back Sam Franklin heading to Oklahoma. I mean, that's a big jump and obviously had a really good year. So um, excited for him to see what he can do, uh, obviously, at, at a Power 5 school and I mean, going to the SEC. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun for him, I'm sure. Uh, Will Rogers heading to Washington. I thought that was an interesting one. I, I think that he yeah. will be – I think he'll be good there. Um, I just don't – I guess maybe some of it's because he's been at State. I don't know that I'm fully bought in on Will Rogers, though, that he can be that guy to lead a team to a playoff run, but we'll see what happens. Well, and I mean, that is the other side of this. It's expanded next year. So yep. I just don't know how much Washington has coming back um, from this year's team that they'll have to build, you know, they'll be able to build around him. Plus, you're playing in the Big Ten next year, um, kind of a very different style of football than what, uh, what, what they're accustomed to playing. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know where that one fits. Um, you know, Riley Leonard going to Notre Dame. I mean, I think again, he's had the health issues. If that one, if he stays healthy, that one could be really interesting. That could be a really interesting pairing. Um, Kyle McCord to Syracuse, I thought was very weird. Um, I mean, it makes sense now that why he didn't end up at Nebraska, you know, he flirted with Nebraska. He visited, that was kind of where it looked like he was going, but now that, you know, the, this Riola news is breaking, kind of makes sense. I guess Matt Rule and company felt like they had a good chance to land Dylan Riola, maybe told him to say, hey, we think we have our guy. Um, but Syracuse of all places for Kyle McCord, what did you make of that? I, I don't necessarily get it, I guess, uh, from Ohio State to Syracuse. I do know that the hire that Syracuse made, supposedly he's got a lot of steam behind it and that you know, he's from that area and that they think he'll do well. Obviously, former assistant from Georgia. Um, so it's definitely definitely very interesting for sure that um, he's going to Syracuse from from uh, Ohio State. 
definitely a uh, a big step backward, or you would think. Um, but you know, less pressure there for sure. Um, some names that are still available: Texas backup Malik Murphy entered the portal last week and will not be available for the Longhorns in the college football playoff. So now the backup for Texas, if Quinn Ewers, who does have his history of injuries, uh, uh, heaven forbid he gets hurt, it's Arch Manning time uh, in Austin. But uh, pretty pretty incredible. But I mean, you get it for the kid. He's got to go. He's got to go now, so he has a chance if he wants to, you know, get somewhere. You know, some places yeah. they're not going to have a spot for long. Uh, Duke and Oregon State are two schools that have been mentioned with him. Auburn quarterback Robbie Ashford is uh, still in the portal, and former USC quarterback and number one overall recruit Malachi Nelson entered the portal the last couple of days. So, uh, thoughts on those three names there? Yeah, I mean, Malik Murphy, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him and, and how good of a player he is. I think it'll be interesting to see where he ends up because we really haven't got to see, you know, what he can do. Um, and I think that. You know, even Duke or Oregon State, either one, I think he could be there and, and you know make them very competitive. Both of those two teams have been good our last couple of years, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. That's really the one that I mean, Robbie Ashford as well. Um, I mean, he, he's a guy that you know probably could help teams win as well. So, but I, I I've heard a lot about Malik Murphy, so I'm I'm excited to see where he goes and what he does. Well, and you kind of thought. You had to credit the kid for sticking it out this year because I think the writing was kind of on the wall. Of, oh, yeah. This is Quinn Ewers' team this year, and as long yeah. as he's here, but Arch Manning's the future. And when 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 Ewers is gone, whether it's this year or the next year, uh, it's Arch Manning time. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think that just kind of – that was kind of coming. Did you see the Chip Kelly uh, – yeah. Rant, and I, I I just jotted some of the thought the thoughts he put out there down because I thought it was interesting. What were your kind of takeaways from uh, what he had to say and his ideas? It'll never happen because of money and and TV and how. I mean, you and Mike were talking about this the other day when we had Mike on. It's completely controlling the sport now. I mean, these TV contracts they have their way. They have you know they they can do whatever they want to because that's what runs the sport. I like the idea. I just think it would be a mad, be madness to try to make it work, and I just think it would never happen with these with these TVs, these TV um, networks for sure. Well, it's even like <laughs> it's even gotten so big that they had him on at halftime of this bowl game. You know, I had it on in my in the, in the background in my office, and I look up, and Chip Kelly's on. They're talking to him more about this idea. Like, just so for those of you who don't know. Chip Kelly in his press conference proposed that football needs to be its own thing on like, you know, it needs to be its own sport, like separated from, from volleyball and baseball and all the other non-revenue sports that they need. There needs to be two 64 team conferences, one power five, the other group of five, one TV contract for all of it that includes every conference with regional divisions sponsored by brands. And he wants revenue sharing uh, for the players, which, you know, you can agree and disagree with that, but I don't know that it would happen either, but I do think the idea is fascinating because one of the things he mentioned at halftime, Jordan, is, you know, all these – this conference realignment happened really in the name of football. But you don't – you didn't – no one took into consideration the travel that was going to have to happen for, you know, basketball and volleyball and, and all these other sports that play, you know, more than once a week or, or you know, two to three times a week. You know, it's like he said, you know, football plays 12 games. And, you know, they play once a week. So, you know, travel, especially when you're only on the road, what, four or five times a year, it's not as big of a deal for a football program. But these smaller sports that, uh, you know, 
You yep. look at them and they play more often. You know, UCLA trying to go play a conference game in Wisconsin in the middle of the week, uh, that's, yep. that's going to take a toll on, on some of these other programs. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the part that nobody really wants to talk about or think about. Uh, and I, I, I would be okay with it. I mean, I'd be okay with football living on its own. Yeah. I think it would make more sense because, I mean, really that's all the networks bought these for um, is the football aspect. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to watch and see how that uh, – that plays out, uh, and we'll see if any of Chip Kelly's ideas come to fruition. I kind of don't think so, but, uh, you know, who knows? Fun to talk about. Excuse me. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into the week that was in the NFL right after this on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials, including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawk's Nest. 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex is another week of the NFL season. Almost in the books. It started on Thursday night football with perhaps the most embarrassing football game anyone has probably ever watched on television. I made it to halftime, and then I said, I'm out. I'm not watching anymore, which really I didn't watch much of the first half. But it went to, when it got to 49 to nothing, Jordan, I said, all right, I, I'm, I'm done. We're done here. This, you know, 63-21, the final, as Las Vegas destroys the Chargers, their division rival. Um, you know, everybody kind of knew it was coming, and there were people even saying, Brandon Staley should get fired at halftime. Staley, <laughs> indeed, got fired the next day, as did general manager Tom Telesco. Um, what did you make of, of that? absolute debacle on Thursday night football. I think I told you this before. Um, these night games, of course, I had to be, I have to be do my dad routine, put the baby down for, for bed and, and all that good stuff. I think it what was it around 28 nothing second quarter? That right? Somewhere in there, yeah. Okay, so I, I have the TV muted and I start the game and I go back and, you know, get Sylvie ready for bed and all this and hang out with her and then come back and it's 28 nothing. I'm like, why, why am I even going to unmute this? I mean, just turn the channel. <laughs> so that's what I did. I didn't watch as far as, you know, you could tell me other than like tweeting, you know, people tweeting videos of stuff that happened. I think there was an insane interception that was like behind somebody's head or something. Um, I didn't watch a lick of it, man. I, I was planning to. I was planning to watch the end of the second quarter and the whole second half. Uh, but when I came out and I saw that that was the score, I said, there's, there's, I just went to bed. I was like, there's absolutely no reason even to watch this. And then I saw the yes. final. So. Yeah, that's so, that's what I did. I didn't even I didn't even watch Thursday night football, so. and you probably missed nothing. Um, <laughs> and, and so, uh, yeah, uh, where does where do the Chargers go from here? I mean, look, you're you're down Justin Herbert the rest of the year. Brandon Staley was like perfectly mediocre um, during his time there. That roster has so much talent on it. I mean, there, there's never been, and that's what's been so frustrating. I'm sure as a Charger fan is. Justin Herbert has weapons all around him. Your defense has a lot of big-time playmakers on that side of the ball, and yet the, the, the most you have to show in the Brandon Staley era is getting to a wild-card game in which you blew the 27 to nothing lead. 
or 28, was it 27, 28, whatever, whatever it was. Uh, where do they go from here, Jordan? One, one thing I would question is how they're always banged up. It seems like every year some of their stars get hurt. Um, I mean, I know some of that's just bad luck, but, you know, you just wonder, you know, why does this keep happening to them? They've had some really talented teams and really talented players and still think they have some pieces there to be good. Um, but but Staley, I mean, he, he obviously wasn't wasn't the right fit. Um, I'm excited to see who they who they get in there. I think they get a, a coach that has that you know explosive type of offense that can really get this team going. Uh, this could be a this could be a fun team. I mean, they, like I said, they've got the pieces. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Chargers. I think uh, we're gonna have a lot of head coaching movement this offseason. You know, we're oh, yeah. talking with the Raiders. Raiders already fired their guy. Now you got the Chargers in there. The, the, the Panthers are looking for a new guy. The Commanders are probably going to be firing. The, their, I mean, purely Riverboat Ron is not making it through this year. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else, but uh, I remember Adam Schefter said at one point there could be as many as ten openings uh, this offseason. Which the, the Raiders crazy. are the Raiders talking about sticking with the guy that's filling in? Uh, Antonio Pierce. Yeah, I mean, I think he is certainly. Um, the favorite, yeah. Well, I, I don't know about the favorite, but he's going to be a candidate, no question. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he will get looked at, mm-hmm. and uh, if he, you know, keeps winning, then yeah, I would, I would think uh, he'll get his shot. Um, going to Saturday, Jake Browning uh, continues to roll for the Bengals, leads the Bengals back uh, from a, well, I think this was what twenty-one to three or twenty-four to the seven or something at one ugly. point. Ugly. What's that? It was ugly early. Yeah. Brings them back. They force overtime, and they win it 27-24 in overtime to keep the Bengals alive in the playoff hunt. Indianapolis spots Pittsburgh 13 points, but they score 30 straight uh, to beat Pittsburgh 32-13. Michael Pittman knocked out of the game on an awful hit, Um, and I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, he has since been suspended for the rest of the season. So, um, obviously, the league took that hit very seriously. Uh, Detroit absolutely mauled Denver 42-17. to Jared Goff threw five touchdowns, three of them going to Sam Laporta. What did you get to watch on Saturday, Jordan? Well, I found out I played Sam Laporta in fantasy very quickly um, and and did not did not enjoy that. Uh, if you, I mean, I think most leagues are set up the same. This was the first round of the playoffs this past week, um, and it wasn't good for me. That, that, let's just let's just put that put it that way. Um, Anyway, uh, the Colts, I mean, that, that was a big win for, for the Colts. Pittsburgh's a team, they're built on defense. They get up on you a couple scores, and usually they're able to put games away just because it's, it's tough to, to score on them. But rallying off 30 straights, really impressive. And then Jake Browning, what a story, being cut so many times by Minnesota. I think they said three times and coming out and picking up an overtime win. You know, that was a great feeling for him. Well, and obviously, did you see the the, the camera shot or whatever on some on the – it's like some NFL yeah. films thing. Yeah. Oh man, he was he was he was fired Don't up. Quote it, man. Don't quote no, it. No, 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 no. We're not going to quote <laughs> it. But uh, I will say that that I was getting ready for the Union City game Saturday night, and I'm watching the end of that game, and that play where Browning literally just throws it up for grabs. T. Higgins comes back to the ball, makes an incredible grab, and has the presence of mind to stretch the arm across the goal line. That was like otherworldly. Uh, that was pretty wild. Pretty wild oh, yeah. to watch. Uh. On the early slate Sunday afternoon, the Saints defeat the Tommy DeVito-led Giants 24-6. Kansas City ends their two-game slide with a 27-17 win over the Patriots as Mahomes is still mad 
at his wide receivers after Kadarius Toney drops a pass that leads to an interception. Uh, another NFC South, South stinker as the Panthers beat the Falcons 9-7. to The Dolphins blank the Jets 30 to nothing after uh, losing that game to the Titans on Monday Night Football. Raheem Mostert just continues to score touchdowns. He now has 20 on the season, which is the same or more than four other NFL teams. The Texans outlast the Titans 19-16 in overtime. Case Keenum leads in overtime winning drive. The Bucs beat the Packers 34-20 as Green Bay now has lost two in a row. And Joe Flacco continuing to turn back the clock leads the Browns to another win 20-17 over the Bears. Flacco now has more than 250-plus yard games and with two scores in the last three weeks than the Steelers have had since Big Ben <laughs> retired. He also became the first Browns quarterback with back-to-back 300-plus yards passing and uh, back-to-back wins since 1980. Jordan, what did you make of a wild early slate? That's some, that's some wild stuff there uh, for yes. Joe Flacco. I mean, it's, um, I guess it's good to see him obviously coming back and, and making an impact on the team. And it's just so fitting for it to be the Browns. I'm sure he can shatter several quarterback records if he stays yes. with them in Cleveland. Uh, the Bucs um, beating the Packers the way they did shocked me a little bit. You know, Green Bay's kind of a little shaky last couple of weeks. You just wonder – you wonder what will happen with their playoff hopes. Obviously, they were getting back in the mix and then dropped a couple. And then the Titans game, I mean, it was – Tides are up 13-0 and just sloppy down the stretch. Will Levis banged up. I think they said it's a high ankle sprain. So, obviously now officially eliminated from playoffs. So, even though they already were. But uh, officially eliminated. Um, we'll see. I guess we, we may be seeing Ryan Tannehill. He may be playing for, for backup duties for the last three, three weeks here. Well, I was glad it, it was only the high ankle sprain for Levis because the way they were talking on the broadcast, they were like, we're not going to show the replay. It looks bad. We don't want to show that on TV. And I was like, uh, oh, no. Like, he just broke his yeah. leg. He just broke his arm or, you know, broke his ankle. Okay. Like, and, and then you guys are going to, you know, miss him for about a year. Uh, John, that was, I, scheduled, I scheduled us a tryout. We're going to go up to Nashville and try out to be offensive linemen. Um, okay. that's kind of what, that's kind of what the, the issue is right now. Um, I, I tweeted this yesterday, that offensive line could not block me and I, I could last one play on a football field right now before I would be winded. Um, but I'm very convinced that I could rush the edge and get to Will Evans in second. That's how bad we are, especially at tackle on both sides. So is that why, uh, Derrick Henry, um, was le- left to like his, what, least rushing yards against the Texans and how long? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. And did you did you hear Derrick Henry's post game? I did not. Yeah, he's 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 no longer going going to be a Titan. It's very obvious um, after this season. I mean, they're talking to him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, now that we're officially eliminated, I wanted to go out better as a Titan than this." I mean, we got three weeks left. I'm like, "Bro, why are we saying all this right now?" Is he so, is his contract up? I is it- I would have to go look at his contract. I, I think I think it is. Um, I know they were all the trade talks. Yeah. But it's just weird for him to pretty much lay that out there. I was like, why would you do that in the middle of a press conference? But Yeah, that uh, – unless someone's told him something. Let's see here. Uh, he looks like he still has two years on his on his deal, I think. They must be uh, moving. Must be – well, it doesn't have a – yeah, he's got at least two more years on it on his deal. It looks like 
but there's no, what's weird is there's no base salary listed here in 2024. So I don't know, but it doesn't say he becomes an unrestricted free agent until 20. Oh, okay. No, no, I was looking at it wrong. Yeah. Unrestricted free agent. Well, that's just 2024, but it should be 2026. I don't know how you read this thing sometimes, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I well, guess, he thinks I guess, he's available. Let me say that. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. He, he thinks, he thinks it's over. Um, yeah. Interesting, indeed. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, late window, uh, Dud City, the Rams uh, do beat the Commanders 28-20, but that game was really never that close. Uh, the 49ers clinched the NFC West 45-29 with the win over the Cardinals, and the Bills absolutely destroy the Cowboys 31-10 as James Cook racks up over 220 yards of total offense. Josh Allen only throws for 94, said he felt like he just piggybacked on the school project and still got an A. Uh, the Bills, Jordan, starting to heat up uh, as we come down the stretch. You know, they're not quite in the playoff picture yet, but uh, they're right there on the edge. Keep playing well, keep winning some games, and uh, perhaps they can uh, still slip in here at the end. Yeah, it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Buffalo. I mean, they, they had some really, really poor weeks, and the fact that they've been able to rally off and have a couple good wins in a row, and that's an impressive win yesterday against the Cowboys team. That has a really good defense, and and what Buffalo was able to do offensively was really impressive. So, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm buckling up and seeing what the Bills can do here down the stretch. What do you make of the Cowboys? I mean, what happened? Riding high no. coming into the week, they're going good out for the Eagles. I mean, they're good for yeah. stuff like this, man. They're good for stuff like this. That's what they do. <laughs> um, I, I have a, a very good friend of mine that is an Eagles fan, and. Uh, he was he was texting in a group message I'm in, and he just kept saying, "I think I'm a Bills fan now. I think uh, I think I'm gonna go get me a James Cook jersey." And uh, he he Eagles fans were uh, were loving what they saw yesterday, uh, t- to say the least. Uh, and then Sunday night football, Ravens defeat the Jaguars twenty three to seven. Is really the defense just suffocated the Jaguars and don't look now, Jordan, but uh, three way tie now. At the top of the AFC South, uh, the Colts, the Jags, the Texans, all at eight and six. Now, Jacksonville does have the tiebreaker over Indy, so they st- still currently hold the, the lead. And I think they got a tiebreaking win over the mm-hmm. Houston right now. But uh, uh, this would be quite a collapse if Jacksonville can't hang on and win that division. Yeah, Jacksonville hates the uh, AFC North right now. Uh, they were eight and three and then dropped three straight. I mean, it's. Um... I don't know what's happened to him, man. I know Trevor's not 100%, but they've just fallen off. The Texans, I feel like out of the three teams, are the one that really shouldn't be there. Um, I mean, they did they did have some really elite quarterback play early, but I don't know what to make of this race. I think it's going to be pretty wild to watch it down the stretch. And uh, right now, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning Indy right now. To win the division? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know these just watching these three teams. I mean, I just, I just think I mean, Jacksonville has more explosive players, but they're on such a bad they're on a bad drought right now. They, they'd have to win a game or two and get things turned around. But they don't look good right now at all. No. Not playing well. Definitely not. You playing made me, well. If you made me if you made me pick today, I would probably say Indy would win it. But I don't know. It'll wow. be crazy. All right. Hey, I'll yeah. take one after experiencing what I had to experience last year. If they win, if Shane Steichen wins the division title in his first year, that would be just which. Gorgeous. Let's be honest, the division is awful, but yeah, yeah. I, hey, anything <laughs> at this point. How you take it? That you take. I will it. take it in a heartbeat. Uh, 
Monday night football tonight, Eagles versus Seahawks. And uh, I don't think the powers that be when they flexed this game to Monday night thought they were going to get potentially Marcus Mariota against Drew Locke as uh, Jalen Hurts is questionable with an illness. Jordan, have you heard anything? Do you, I mean, is he – I know he I traveled know out there separately. I know I know he's out there, but, uh, you know, don't know if he's going to play or not. And uh, that certainly kind of takes some of the luster off of this if he's not playing. And the Eagles, you know, we talked about them kind of slipping of late. Um, I, told, uh, I told a friend this morning, if it's Marcus Mariota, I would just run the option literally the whole night with, with the Eagles. I mean, I would just well, tell Marcus – what's yeah. that? Well, there, there we are right here. Action Network tweeted, Jalen Hurts is expected to start at quarterback tonight. For okay. Yeah. Okay. Versus the so Hurts, that, uh, that solves that. So, he, clearly not 100%, but uh, <laughs> they need him. <laughs> X, is, X is so funny. He had on all Jordan gear, and somebody said, it's Jalen Hurts' uh, flu game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So looking at the uh, playoff picture as uh, we come down the final stretch of the season, in the AFC, Baltimore has clinched a playoff berth. They're the current number one seed at 11-3. and three. Miami at 10-4 and four is the two seed. Kansas City at the, at the three is nine and five. Jacksonville currently holds the four as the AFC South leader at eight and six. Cleveland, the top wildcard team at nine and five, and then Cincinnati and Indianapolis, six and seven, both eight and six. On the outside looking in, the Texans, eight and six, Buffalo, eight and six, the Steelers and Broncos, both at seven and seven. Um, you know, Jordan, there's kind of three teams up there that still have a chance to win that number one C, really only two, but uh, how do you see that, that race kind of developing here? I want to see Patrick Mahomes have to travel. That, that's, yes. I want to see that. that. I really do. Um, especially after he threw his fit. And I used to like Mahomes, but he's just been different the last couple of years, man. He's complaining a lot, and just don't really understand it. Um, yeah. This is a – I think it's Baltimore, Miami, maybe KC and the rest of the field after that. I mean, from 3-4 down, it's – it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it could go anywhere. I mean, really, Baltimore is clearly the best team in the, in the AFC right now. Yeah. I, I mean, and truly – any of those three that get in in the wild card, I, I just – I don't really have confidence that they're going to be able to make a deep run. And that goes for my team too. I, I just don't think we've got enough uh, to make a deep run that I would love to see. But, uh, you know, probably playing Baltimore or Miami in that first round or Kansas City um, just, just doesn't, you know, doesn't shape up well. Uh, in the NFC, San Francisco, who's clinched the NFC West, currently holds the number one spot. Philadelphia at the moment is the two seed. They've clinched their playoff spot at 10 and 3. Detroit is 10 and 4 at the three spot. Tampa Bay leads the mm -hmm. NFC South and is 7 and 7. Dallas has clinched a playoff spot, but they're 10 and 4 in the five spot. Minnesota and Los Angeles currently 7 and 7 with the final two spots on the bubble are the Saints at 7 and 7, Seahawks 6 and 7, Falcons 6 and 8 and the Packers at 6 and 8. So any thoughts on the NFC playoff picture? Uh, again, I think it's San Fran and everybody below them right now. Um, I mean, it's I, I I'm honestly pulling for the Lions. As weird as it says, yes, it sounds. they've been so bad for so long. I kind of want them to come out of the NFC. That's just, yeah, I would love to see that. I am full blown a Lions guy. I I love Dan Campbell. I love the story. I, I love just to see that tortured fan base ha and getting to enjoy what is a tremendous season for them. And uh, I'd love to see them I'm, go. Go as far as they can. Go ahead. On, on December 18th, who do you think is coming out of each side? 
Um, if San Francisco is fully healthy, no one's beating them in the NFC. I'll, I'll, ease, I'll, I'll take San Francisco. On the AFC side, I will say – You know what? I, I'll say Miami. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off wow. the reservation a little bit. You know, I, I'll take a I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with two and his you weapons. Titans losses. You think the Titans loss is gonna spark them to a run right here, don't you? Well, they they, they were kind of saying something to that that effect that that was kind of a a turning point for them. Um, and you know, I know Tyreek's out right now, but they're you know they, if they get him back for the playoffs, yeah, I just it, it's gonna be tough. What about you? Who who would you take right now? Uh, I'm gonna go Baltimore and and uh, Baltimore and Detroit. Detroit, wow, man, <laughs> why not? Why Give me the Ravens not? and the Lions in the Super Bowl. That'd be fun. <laughs> would be a fun would be a fun matchup. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Final segment of 2023. We would be remiss if we didn't leave you with some thoughts on the college football playoff. Our picks. And then we'll sign off for the year 2023. Stay tuned. More after this on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City has the pre-owned car, truck, or SUV you are looking for. Make shopping for your next vehicle easy and browse our up-to-date inventory at jerrywardautoplex.com. Get pre-qualified today at jerrywardautoplex.com. Schedule a service appointment with our AC Delco Professional Service Center at jerrywardautoplex.com. Shop, click, and save at jerrywardautoplex.com. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawk's Nest. 105 Church Street in Martin. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex, our final segment of 2023. Jordan, two things just happened during the break. Uh, Western Kentucky scored a touchdown on fourth and goal from about the 20, and they just scored to tie the game with 19 seconds left. And it looks like overtime is coming in the famous Toastery Bowl. What did they score on on fourth and go? What did they run? I mean, it's just a little slip-out wheel route kind of thing, it looks like. Uh, had a guy down the sideline pretty open and uh, just a good little ball, and he just backpedaled in the end zone. Um, and so, I mean, wow. they they have come all the way back uh, from 28 down earlier in the game uh, to force overtime. The other thing is, quick reaction here, uh, Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson has hit the transfer portal. Any thoughts on that and uh, where he might be off to? Yeah, I, I know they were rumoring that. I mean, I think he could help several teams. Uh, he's got the skill set to definitely help several teams. Don't really know where he would go. Um, I, I, did, I, did I see the other day that if he hit the portal, maybe Auburn was a possibility? I think I Hugh Freeze would love to have yeah. his skill set at Auburn. Yeah, for sure. Well, as we wind down 2023 here in about under two weeks, really, which is crazy to think about, we've got the college football playoff uh, coming up. Two games on New Year's Day, the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan and Texas against Washington. So 
Bama, Michigan, you know, Jordan, I think when you look at these two games, this is probably the one you expect to be more low scoring. Two yep. really, really good defenses. Um, I, I wonder how does Michigan move the ball consistently? Because, you know, J.J. McCarthy for the last month or so of the season didn't quite look right. And, of course, on the other side, you got Jalen Milrow, who's going to come into this game red hot. Um, you know, what, what are kind of your first impressions when you look at this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that this game is, is very interesting. Um, Michigan's been dominant all season long, but, you know, Alabama's really starting to play some of their best football, especially defensively. The offense is clicking. It seems like they really figured out what Milrow's skill set is and, and what he can do. Um, man, I, I just – I'm really I'm really ready to watch this one. I, I think it's going to be fun. Um, wouldn't surprise me if if uh, this one's not better than Texas-Washington, although I like that matchup as well. But um, I don't know, man. I think it's – I do think it's going to be tough for Michigan, at least early in the game, to move the ball in Alabama. They may have to make some adjustments at half, but I could see a low-scoring game for a half at least. Yeah, I think if it goes higher scoring, that definitely favors Bama. But I don't Absolutely. know that that's a guarantee because, I, I mean, I do think you have to give some credit to, to Michigan – my the other thing that's interesting, you have the month here to prepare for this game. I mean, do you think who do you think that kind of gives the advantage to as far as from a preparation and, and a getting healthier standpoint uh, with, with that extra couple weeks off here? I, I mean, I do think it can help both of them. Um, but I mean, we know that that Bama's had a few injuries here and there. I know they've been banged up at times this season in the secondary. Um, you know. I just think, like you said a minute ago, when it comes down to the offensive game and scoring points, um, you got to lean Alabama just basically because I feel like they're a better offensive team than Michigan. But then again, Michigan's defense has kind of willed them to some wins. So I don't know. This, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I do think it benefits both of them to give them some time to get healthy. I think uh, when, it all, when it's all said and done, the thing that it pains me to do it, and I don't want it to happen. I will, I beg Jim Harbaugh in Michigan to get this thing done. But Jordan, I'm thinking Bama wins the game because if you give the greatest coach of all time a month to prepare, uh, that's just I think that's a a lot uh, and a scary proposition to overcome. What what do you think? Who's your pick for this one? Yeah, I, I lean Alabama uh, just because I don't think it's going to be a, a 23 to or even uh, 23 is really too high. I don't think it's going to be a 17 10 game. I think this is going to be probably 31-24, 31-27, maybe even a 31-20 type of game. And um, I think it's – that's what I'll go with. I think it's the first team to – I'll say the first team to 25 wins the game. Okay. All right. I'll yeah. go Bama. All right. I, I think I'm with Bama there too, unfortunately. Uh, in yeah. the Sugar Bowl, uh, if you want points, this is probably the one that will produce points. Rematch of last year's Alamo Bowl. Washington won that one 27-20, and really Washington kind of controlled most of that game. Um, but obviously Texas has looked a little bit different this year. Defensively up front, been very, very good. We've seen Washington kind of get the run game going the latter part of the season. That's kind of helped them take some pressure off Michael Penix. Um, but Texas has had their red zone struggles here, Jordan. So there's kind of a lot of different components going into this. What, what kind of jumps out to you when you look at this one? Man, I, this is the one that's like a wild card. You don't really know what's going to happen. Um, you know, Washington offensively all season has been extremely good. Um, but Texas Texas up front on that defensive line, it's, I think it's going to give them fits. I think they're going to yes. get to the quarterback. Um, I do think Penix will be able to scramble and make some plays because he's been able to do that all season long. 
Um, but I think the matchup, John, is is the front seven of Texas's defense against this Washington offensive line. Can they pick up the blitzes? Can they block the defensive line? Um, if this turns into a defensive game, again, I think it favors Texas. I mean, to me, this is going to be a fun one. This is a really fun matchup and really a wild card matchup because both these teams can get going on offense as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think this – to me, just because we've seen Sark deal do this before, I think Sark's going to be in the bag, man. He he just when you give him some time to prepare, he always comes out with some crazy shot plays, some crazy just schemed up touchdowns. Um, but again, with two offenses like this that can score, you know, Texas. I think if you're Washington, you got to make Texas drive the field. You cannot give up big plays in this, which I know you. Know, I mean, that, that's a that's a given, but. Texas has had so many problems when they get in the red zone. You go back to that Oklahoma game uh, where Texas was down there several different times and had to settle for field goals, or they had to they went for it, they didn't get it. Um, whereas we know with the weapons that are around, you know Quinn Ewers, they can big play you to death. And if you're Washington, you want to make them snap it and, and line up again. So, so Jordan, who who's your pick? Who do you like in this one? I'm going to go Washington. I think Washington wins the game in overtime. Oh wow! Too much Michael Penix, huh? I think I think they win the game in overtime. I think um, Texas maybe gets the ball first, has to kick a field goal, and Washington scores a touchdown and wins it. Okay, I, I'm leaning Texas. Why, why not? Texas. Why not just script the whole thing out? Why not? I mean, might as well. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I think uh, Texas too much, too complete of a team. Um, the defense, yeah. I think, makes enough stops, gives Washington too much trouble. So I, I'm going to take the horns. But uh, so that that Penix. gives you. Penix motivation. Penix motivation for not winning the Heisman is what I'm. That's why I'm leaning this. Okay. All right. So you have Washington, Bama. Dare I, I ask you to make a pick between those two? Washington and Bama. I mean, I'll go Bama. Why do you make me do this, man? I know. I, I know. If it's I, Bama, I, Texas. If it's Bama, Texas, I think Texas wins. If it's Bama, Washington, I think Bama wins. Really? You think Texas would win, win the rematch? I think they win the rematch. I would be hard-pressed to pick Texas in the rematch, unfortunately. As much as I, I would Don't love to. Don't pick out them on our last show of the year. Come on, John. Don't Just do it to logical. me. Just being logical here, man. No, I, I, I don't. If you were if you were picking – this is how you phrase it. If you were picking – like say your money was online, then you would put Bama. Yes. But with oh. your heart, you don't want Bama to win. I know you don't. Texas. I know Texas. <laughs> Fini- hey, hey, finish the story, man. Quinn Ewers, don't get hurt. The the fake UT, you want them to Avenge Colt McCoy and the death in 2009. (laughs) That's going to do it for our show today here on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex in our final show of 2023. Jordan, any final thoughts before we get off here? Just uh, thankful for everybody for tuning in with us this year. Uh, Obviously, a a fun year, man. These years go by just quicker and quicker. I think we've been doing this three years now. Yeah. Three full years, 21, 22, and now 23. Um, and looking forward to 2024 and some exciting things coming. Going to have some fun guests, I know. Um, and, man, we're going to have, like John said again, we're going to have several things to talk about when we come back uh, with the conclusion of the playoff, college football playoff, the college football season, and then, of course, the NFL playoff bracket. So really excited about what's to come for the show in 2024. And thank you guys for tuning in with us. Yes, for sure. Thanks to all of you who stuck with us all year long for the last three years. Merry Christmas to all of us. And thanks to our sponsors as well. Um, happy New Year to all of you who watch and tune in with us each and, uh, and every week. And uh, that's going to do it for our show for, for 
today and for the new calendar year 2023. As we sign off, good afternoon and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Wardado.